Psychedelic flow, I'm the dope and the antidote. Fade down the street from the package store. What you know, going back and forth. Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and we got a lot of football news, man. This is going to be a football-heavy topic. I'm not going to hold you. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys for being here. Let's start off with Drew. <laughs> for people that know me, and for people that listen to the podcast, know that I am a strong fan of Drew Brees. Drew Brees to me just does a lot of things right. Um, fly on the radar. Still one of the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, at, even at his age. Like we talk about Tom Brady's age, who we'll talk about in a minute, but we'll talk about we talk about Tom Brady's age a lot. Yet, and and, and while we talk about Tom Brady's age, we talk about how incredible it is to be playing at Tom Brady's age, at the level he's playing with, or at the level he's playing. And a lot of people fail to mention Drew Brees. And failed to mention that Drew Brees is what, like 40? Still playing at this level. I start with Drew Brees because if you didn't catch last night, Drew Brees had an all-time night. Drew Brees passes uh, Peyton Manning for the most touchdown passes in NFL history uh, with 50, 541. Uh, I think Peyton Manning has 539 and Tom Brady, who is third, has 538. Uh, Drew Brees also became the high, uh, became the first player. Well, Drew Brees also had the highest completion percentage in NFL history for one game. Uh, I think it was like ninety six percent. He went twenty nine for twenty three, or oh, whoa, twenty nine for thirty. He only missed once. When Drew Brees went down uh, with the with the broken finger. And Teddy, Br- Teddy Bridgewater came in. A lot of people said, including myself, said that the Saints were going to struggle. Uh, because when you have an all-time talent like Drew Brees, being away from, like, when, when, we, when we think about the th- Saints, we think about, it is a pass, it's for the, ever since Drew Brees and Sean Payton got together, it's been a pass-first offense. Uh, it's been a pass-first team, really. We don't really, can, we don't really talk about the defense, or the defense has been a hindrance. Uh, we don't really talk about the running game, even though they do have Alvin Kamara. It's usually a pass-first offense. And when you have Drew Brees, who is one of the best passers in NFL history, go out for a number, uh, uh, however number of time, you, you have to question, like, you have to think, okay, the team might struggle. And we think of that because of Drew Brees. And... Drew Brees missed five weeks, came back, and he's playing incredible. He's playing like the he's playing like an MVP front runner. Now, no, he's not an MVP front runner. I'm not saying that. I'm not he. I'm not saying that he's taking the mantle away from Lamar Jackson or from uh, Russell Wilson. What I'm saying is he's playing like a he to me right now. From what we saw last night and what we've seen since Drew Brees has been back, he's played like one of the best quarterbacks in the league and I think that is going to propel the Saints to new levels and when I say new levels when we think about the Saints and what the Saints have gone through the last few years with the uh, the the Minnesota game when their their defender forgot to tackle or the blatant pass interference that wasn't even called at the Rams last year I think that Yes, you have the 49ers. Yes, you have the, the, the Seattle Seahawks. You have Green Bay. 
all really good teams. But when I think about completeness, and I talked about this when I, when I talk about the Ravens, when I think about completeness, I think there's only two teams to me in the league, or two teams that's complete. And that are like a complete team as in their defense and their offense. There's like any given Sunday, one can be better than the other. And there's really no drop off. I think the two teams are the Ravens and the Saints. And with Drew Brees playing the way he's playing, it's hard for me to see any team in the, at least the NFC that can go into New Orleans and beat the Saints. Because we all know how tough it is to play in New Orleans. And I think though, and I, and I talked about when Drew Brees went out because what we saw last year is Drew Brees and the Saints were playing incredible the first half of the season. They were, they were putting up historic numbers. They looked like gangbusters. They looked like nobody can beat them. They looked like nobody. They, they looked like how the Ravens are looking like. They look like it, it's just easy to them. They're, they're scoring four or five touchdowns a game. Alvin Kamara is looking incredible. Michael Thomas is doing what Michael Thomas does. Drew Brees is looking like he has dived into the fountain of youth. But what we saw towards the end of the season and in the playoffs is the team looked tired. Drew Brees looked tired. He, he couldn't really throw downfield. Um, he wasn't really as accurate downfield because of, you know, it's still a pass-first offense. So all that throwing, you can tell he's getting tired. So when it got to the um, NFC Championship game, Drew Brees, it looked like he, he couldn't throw the ball downfield to save his life. Yeah. You know, he was doing, he's great at check, check downs. He's great at uh, slant passes, but he couldn't really throw the ball downfield. And we do not see that right now. Right now, we see a Drew Brees, we see the Drew Brees right now that we saw in the beginning of last year. And that to me bodes so well for the Saints because you're, you're going into the playoffs. You know, you're going into a situation where every throw, every situation, or every Every decision you make counts. And with Drew Brees having a historic night on week, what, 14 or 15? It, to me, right now, the Saints are rolling. The Saints are rolling. And, and it's hard to, 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 well, I would say it's hard to say weakness, but their biggest weakness is Eli Apple. That, oh, man, Eli Apple garbage. But it's hard for me as a unit to see a weakness. You know, if Drew Brees isn't throwing well, you still have Alvin Kamara, you still have uh, Murray in the backfield. If the, de- if the offense isn't going well, you still have the defense. Yes, you have Eli Apple, who is garbage in my opinion, but you still have, you know, Lattimore. You still have Jordan. You still have pieces that are, are incredible pieces. So right now, I, I say this every week. When we talk right now, if you ask me, I have the Ravens and the Saints in the Super Bowl. Just because people, it, Ravens and the Saints in the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pick a winner yet. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that down the line. But right now, it's hard for me to pick against the Saints, seeing as how good they're looking and how good they're playing right now. And it's hard for me to pick against the Ravens. So. You know, shouts out and, and congratulations to Drew Brees. He is the epitome of professionalism. He is the ideal quarterback. And another thing that 
now that people are starting to talk about today, um, after last night, when we talk about the GOAT, you know, greatest of all time, football, we have to, rent, we have to consider it for positions. As in the greatest of all time wide receiver is, is Jerry Rice. The greatest of all time uh, defensive player more than likely is Lawrence Taylor. Or you could say Deion Sanders. A lot of people want to argue that. When we talk about the greatest quarterback of all time, we always talk about Tom Brady. We always talk about um, Troy Aikman. We always talk about Joe Montana, Steve Young. It's very rare that we talk about Drew Brees. But I challenge you to go back. I don't remember the last time there was a season where Drew Brees, that, that, that Drew Brees played majority of the season due to health. Like he, he played and he was healthy. There is, I don't, I don't not remember, I do not remember a time when Drew Brees wasn't breaking a record, whether it was a completion percentage, whether it was the touchdowns, whether it was um, starts, whether it was passing yards. Drew Brees is always breaking a record that he has set. So when we talk about the GOAT, we talk about, of course, Tom Brady in the six rings or seven rings. We talk about, I think it's six, we talk about you know, Joe Montana and, and what he did for the 49ers. We talk about Troy Aikman and what he did for the Cowboys. It's very rare, and I think that we should really start. I don't know if he's the greatest of all time. That's, that is the argument that will be here to the end of time. That's just like LeBron James against Michael Jordan. Those are arguments that will be here to the end of time. But one thing I will say is when we talk about the greatest of all time, do not forget Drew Brees. Because when we look at a quarterback, when we look at what you had to go through, what you had to in your career, it's very hard for me to sit back and, and not talk about how good Drew Brees is. If Drew Brees, case in point, the Saints are a complete team, like I said. Uh, you got Michael Thomas, who's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Alvin Kamara, one of the best running backs when he's on. Uh, you have a vaunted defense. They're one of the best in the league, and a lot of people, including myself, have them making it to the Super Bowl. Do you think they would, and, and this is no slight against Teddy Bridgewater. This is no slight, in fact, I'm not even going to say it. This is what I'll say. Look at the Bears, right? Look at the Bears. Look at, look at how good that team is, minus Mitchell Tabisky. Do you think, if you put Drew Brees on the Bears, do you think that they would be prohibited favorites to make it to at least the Super Bowl. In fact, I would have, I don't, I would go as much far as to say they could, they could be prohibited favorites to win it all. Imagine if Drew Brees was on the Cowboys instead of Dak Prescott. Imagine if Drew Brees, and, and again, this is no slight to, to, to Mr. Trubisky. This is no slight to Dak Prescott. Um, imagine if Drew Brees was on the, the 49ers, and that's no slight to Jimmy Garoppolo. But imagine if they had Drew Brees, how different they would look. They, they, especially the Cowboys, they look like juggernauts right now. So again, when we talk about the greatest of all time, especially at the quarterback position, do not forget Drew Brees. And last night, passing for the most touchdowns in NBA, I mean NFL history, and having the highest completion rate for one game, going 29 for 30, and he's like, what, 30? I think he's 40, I believe. So there's that. There's, you know. We talk about age. We talk about age. Let's go to Tom Brady. 
What we've seen from the Packers, not the Packers, what we've seen from the Patriots is their defense is one of, if not the best defense in the league. You have Stephon Gilmore, you have uh, Jones, you have Stephon, Dig- Stephon Gilmore, by the way, probably will win Defensive Player of the Year. And the, the, the narrative that the Patriots, is always, Patriots has always had, have always had, is you can put Tom Brady, you can put anybody with Tom Brady in and that'll be enough because of Tom Brady. Tom Brady is 42 years old. And while I'm not saying Tom Brady's done, I'm not saying Tom Brady is trash, I'm not saying Tom Brady can't win your games, I'm not saying Tom Brady won't even win the Super Bowl, I do not know. But what I will say is if we look at the Patriots right now, they do not look like a team offensively that can beat anybody good. We saw what happened when they played. Hell, we're not even going to go back to the Ravens. Look at what happened this Sunday. Yes, they beat the, the snot out of the Bengals. But if you really look close at that game, it was, a, it was two interceptions, a three and out, and uh, I think a, a lost fumble. And, they, and each one of those, oh no, I'm sorry, it was a blocked punt. Two interceptions, and I believe a fumble. Four times, the, this, and before those plays, the score was 10-10. About to go into halftime. Tom, Julian Edelman, he's banged up. He hasn't been good. Nikhil Harry, he had a couple catches. He had one, the one that was a touchdown. He's been, he's, he was okay that game. Uh, James White, he's been, he's been hit or miss. Sonny Michelle has been a, a no-show. Well, he's probably been in the doghouse because he hasn't really been playing. Before that, before those four plays, like I said, a blocked punt, a two blocked punts, two interceptions. Before, before those plays, it was 10-10, about to go into halftime. Each one of those plays allowed the Patriots offense to start on in their own territory or start damn near in the red zone and they scored on each play what i'm saying is we're starting to see the that's not even st- the patriots offense is they don't have a solid number one wide receiver they do not have a solid tight end they don't have a, a running game that they can rely on. It's really just Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman right now is beat up. Tom Brady is still an elite quarterback. I mean, just off name alone. But Tom Brady looks like he's 42. We've never seen a player play at a high level at that age in the NFL. Right now, Tom Brady looks like he has hit a wall. I'm not counting him out until he's out. But what I will say is, we're not looking at the Tom Brady of old. We're looking at the new Tom Brady. And right now, the new Tom Brady looks like he's 42 years old. 
Do I think he can win a Super Bowl? I don't know. I didn't think they were winning a Super Bowl last year, but hey, the Rams had something to say about that. Again, I'm not... Look, we look at what the Patriots are doing, and we look at the struggles on offense, and it's hard for me not to look at the quarterback and say, okay, well, maybe he just doesn't have it. That's okay not to have it. I mean, he's had it for so long, but he's getting old. He is getting old. And I don't know. I, I'm not calling for anybody's retirement. What I'm saying is I don't know how long we'll see Tom Brady, especially after what he's looking like this season. So, hey, I don't know. Uh, let's, let's, let's go to the 49ers game. The 49ers game, uh, they lost to Atlanta. After an incredible after an incredible play by Julio Jones and um, Matt Ryan, that took a minute. That that a lot of people are arguing he didn't get in, but I mean, replay shows that the football was past the uh, plane. So you know, we have seen Jimmy Garoppolo. And we've seen him at his highest. We've seen him uh, put up five. In fact, when they played the, the Saints, what, two weeks ago, we saw that was probably the best game Jimmy G has ever had. I think he threw, what, five touchdowns. He, caught, he kept up with Drew Brees uh, and the offense one. Now, there was a blatant pass interference that wasn't called, but I'm not. I'm not that's like, that is what it is. We've seen Drew, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo at his best. And at his best, he is one of the top, he is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Let me not say that. Let me, let me backtrack. At his best, he is a bright spot for the 49ers team. At his best, the 49ers can win it all. They have one of, if not the best defense, they have some weapons in, on the offense. Um, but we, one thing that we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo is sometimes at his best and, and his worst is his worst. Or, or his, his O&K can lose you games. Because it's kind of, it's, and I'm not comparing him because he is better than Mitchell Trubisky, but it's kind of like the Bears. You have a vaunted defense like the Bears, but if their defense is on continuously, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm getting tired, bro. Like, at some point, you got to be better. At some point, the defense has to rely on the offense, and that's still a question mark. And, and, and you look at the game on Sunday. Yes, it was, it was uh, offensive play by the Atlanta Falcons that won the game. However... Why are you in a dogfight against Atlanta? An Atlanta, Atlanta defense where their best players are injured. Atlanta has one of the worst defenses in the league, and you're in a dogfight. Ultimately lose 29-22, to 22, I believe. It's games like that where you have to, you don't really know about the 49ers. I know that they have they they could possibly have an historic defense with DeForest Buckner, uh, Nick Bo or yeah, Nick Bosa, um, Richard Sherman, but 
is their offense going to be a hindrance? And if it is, they could... When you look at the top teams, um, when you look at the top teams, and in fact, I'll go to the playoff picture now. I was going to talk about this a little towards the end, but I'll go to this now. When you look at the playoff picture and you look at the NFC playoffs, the Seattle Seahawks, who's number one right now, the Saints, the 49ers, and the Green Bay Packers. Four of those, any one of those teams can win the Super Bowl. Any one of those teams can beat any one of the other three teams on any given Sunday. Aaron Rodgers can just have a, can go off like Aaron Rodgers is, is, is known to do and, and beat the Saints. The Saints can go in and put 35 easily on the 49ers. The 49ers can go in and, and, and slow down Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson can go and put 49 on the Green Bay defense. What I'm saying is, when you look at the playoff picture, especially the four teams, you have to come correct. And we're not even going to talk about Dallas because you're going to, if Dallas or the Eagles, I think it's going to be Dallas, make it to the playoffs, you're going to have to go there in the, in the spot that you're in now. You're going to have to go there and win a game. And we all know it's, it's, it's always a disadvantage, especially in the playoffs when you're the road team. So what I'm saying is, when you look at the playoff picture, you have to be you have to be you have to be as mistake free as possible. And we still have yet to see if Jimmy Garoppolo can do that for for a very important game. He's done it once. Uh, we've done it a few times, but he's also not done it a few times, and that's why we still have the question marks. Um, another team that we have question mark there are two teams that we have question marks about are the Cowboys and the Eagles. Now the NFC East, we all know it's it's a crapshoot right now. <laughs> the outside, you know, both Dallas and the forty, no, both Dallas and Eagles are sitting at seven and seven, and one team, one of those teams, are going to make the playoffs. The game this week is for all the marbles. Dallas plays the Eagles. Whoever wins makes it to the playoffs. Um. When the Dallas that we saw on Sunday against the Rams is the Dallas that that's the that that Dallas team is the team that we're expecting, you know, with Demarcus Lawrence, uh, a ground and pound with Zeke, um, Dak Prescott not having to throw a lot because Zeke's dominate, dominating the field or dominate yeah dominating the line of scrimmage, especially seeing as though you have the best offensive line in the game. And I think that's why it's been so frustrating for the Cowboys fans because they know they have this type of talent, yet they do not show it on a weekly basis. In fact, the win against the Rams were the, was the only time this year they beat a team over 500. The only time. The only time. And with a team like Dallas, who arguably has the most talent in the NFL, it's hard to look at that team and see how good they played on Sunday and then remember, wait, this team lost to the Jets. This team has, is this is the first time they beat a team over 500. 
You do not know what you're getting from the Cowboys week after week. And that's that's more than likely why Jake and Garrett more than likely will get fired by the end of this year. Or or at the end of this year. I, I'm not for someone getting fired, but when you when you have a team this inconsistent, you have to you, I don't know. That's to me. Everybody outside of Dallas knows that this should be a, a, a run-first offense. But when you see game after game, Dak Prescott has 30, 40 passes. I don't know why when you have Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line. So, I don't, I, it's, it's hard for me to trust Dallas. And, and even if Eagles make it, it's hard for me to trust the Eagles. The Eagles struggle with the Redskins, and I'm a Redskins fan. They struggle with the Redskins, they struggle with the Giants. The Eagles have, it's like they lost, they lost to Miami. They lost to Miami. Worst team, a team that's not even trying to win. And Carson Wentz hasn't had the, the greatest season, neither has Dak Prescott. I don't, I don't know about the, the <laughs> I know this. If one, if the Cowboys make it to the playoffs, they have a good shot of beating anybody. Because, like I said, they have more than likely one of, if not the most talented roster in the league. You can you can also, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but has one of the most talented rosters in the league. How I do also know that they can put up a stinker at the drop of a dime, and you'll be looking like, wait, this is what? And that's why they are where they are. That's why they are in a dogfight at seven and seven for the playoffs. So I don't know. Um, let's see. Since we were talking about, um, since we were talking about the Cowboys and the roster, let me talk about the Browns real quick. So the Browns to me is the biggest disappointment of the season. Um, I kind of knew. We always talk about foundation. I mean, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go back to my last few episodes. We talked about it. But we talked about foundation of a team and um, how important it is to start from the ground up. And I heard Adam Lefko say something about Odell Beckham Jr. that I complete, I didn't, I never really thought about until now or until he said it. And to me, he's completely right. Right now, Odell Beckham is possibly the, the, the new Randy Moss. When you look at when Randy Moss was on the Vikings, and how even when he, was on, when he was on the Vikings and the Raiders, he didn't, he didn't have the players, the, the people around him. He didn't have the quarterback. He didn't have the coach. He didn't really have any, but he was still the best thing on the team. When you look at Odell Beckham Jr., he went to college. Uh, he went to the LSU. That was a run-first defensive team. And he went to the Giants, and that was the tail end of Eli Manning's career. Now he's with the Browns, and Baker Mayfield is one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks in the league. 
And, and Randy Moss, like I said, you had the Vikings, you had the, uh, the Raiders. It wasn't until he got to the Patriots where his career kind of, I'm not going to say took off because it was kind of like toward the end, but when he had the best season of his life, when he played under a good organization, he played with a great coach, I mean quarterback, he played with a good, great coach. I think... Yes, Odell Beckham. We know that Odell Beckham Jr. is a once-in-a-generational player, once-in-a-generational talent with his speed, his strength, his catching ability, his hands. He is one of a generational player. Yet and still, he's always been put in a situation where it's, it's not really cohesive for him. Again, LSU, he played a run-first, defensive second team that didn't have a quarterback. The Giants, he played alongside Eli Manning at the tail end of Eli Manning's career. And now he's playing with Baker Mayfield, who, like I said before, has more commercials than wins. Yes, there's a lot that comes with Odell Beckham, a lot that you, you know, some of the antics, some of the on-field antics, some of the off-field antics, just like Randy Moss, some of the on-field antics, some of the off-field antics, but what I do know is that when you paired Randy Moss with a good quarterback, Tom Brady, a good coach, Patriots, uh, um, Bill Belichick, and a good organization of the Patriots, you didn't hear anything, anything from Randy Moss, and they were one win away. Or, yeah, one went away from having a complete 18-0 season. When you look at Odell Beckham right now, yes, you had off-field antics and on-field antics when he was with the Giants, but he hasn't had any off-field antics with the Browns. He hasn't. The only thing that Odell Beckham is, is his wardrobe. That's the only thing you, you know, with the... With the too long pants, or the the shoes, or the 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 watch, that's the only thing we've heard about Odell Beckham. So what I'm saying is, do not think Odell Beckham isn't as good as you think. Don't think that Odell Beckham. To me, Odell Beckham is not the problem. For Odell Beckham is one of the least problems in Cleveland. And it's unfortunate that I think that you're wasting away a, a talent like Odell Beckham Jr. Because, again, imagine if Odell Beckham Jr. Played, played for the Saints. Imagine if Odell Beckham Jr. played for the 49ers. Imagine if Odell Beckham Jr. played for Seattle and Russell Wilson. A Russell Wilson who's making Tyler Lockett look like a number one receiver. What I'm saying... We talk about complete team, and the Browns have one of the most complete teams in the league. But that, and, and because of that, that is why they are one of the most disappointing teams in the league. When you have a quarterback that is so inconsistent like Baker Mayfield, you have a coach that everyone knew, except for him and the organization, that you were in over your head. And we've seen that from game one. It's very hard to win like that. And, I w- and, then, and, and do not charge it to Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham is, 
depending on the right system, could be and possibly is the best wide receiver in the league. It's just he hasn't he hasn't been able to thrive like that. So, you know, it's I, I feel bad for Odell Beckham because, like I said, the, the NFL is not like the NBA. The NBA, yeah, of course you can have a season, but it's not as physically grueling. Yeah, there's more games, but it's not as physically grueling as the NFL. The NFL, one play can end your career. And, and they're wasting away, or Eldell Beckham's talent is being wasted away by the situations that he's in. He didn't ask to be drafted to uh, the Giants. He didn't ask to be traded to the, uh, he asked to be traded, but he didn't ask to be traded to the Cleveland Browns. Free Odell Beckham. <laughs> um, what else? The Raiders lost their last home game, and they were up, too. I think they were up, like, 21-3 and came back and lost. Uh, the, the fans went crazy. They were, they were booing uh, Derek Carr and the team left and right. They were throwing trash um, on the field. It was, it was an ugly scene, but you know, I just wanted to say that was the last game that the Raiders will be playing in Oakland. And they lost it. So, um, oh, also, uh, Adrian Peterson, shouts out Redskins, uh, tied Walter Payton for the fourth most rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, we, we remember the gruesome injury that happened. I think he tore his ACL, um, Adrian Peterson, and came back, like, for game one of the next season. And I think he tore his ACL in, like, week eight. Adrian Peterson is freaking nature. When we talk about once-in-generational talent, we talk about, um, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. We talk about, who else? <laughs> That's oh, Zion. Go, you know, uh, we talk about LeBron. And I'm not saying he's as good, of course, but Odell Beckham, I'm not. Adrian Peterson is one of, he's, he's a once-in-generation talent. He's one of the best, of course, when healthy. He's one of the best running backs to ever play the game. You know, Adrian Peterson's career kind of reminds me of um, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson is probably my all-time favorite football player of all time. My favorite. Not saying he's the best, but my favorite football player of all time. And Calvin Johnson was never on a team. Kind of like Odell Beckham, never on a team. He, he was on the 0-16 Lions. He's never been on a team that, yeah, he had Matthew Stafford, and of course they would throw the ball to, to him religiously, but... He was, he's never been in a winning team, and he's always been the bright spot for a losing team. When you look at Adrian Peterson, yeah, the Vikings had a couple of uh, really good seasons. He broke a whole bunch of records. Um, but due to injury and due to not having a lot of talent around him, the Vikings never were able to win with Adrian Peterson, just like the, the Lions were never able to win with Calvin Johnson. Uh, Calvin Johnson retires early, kind of like Barry Sanders. And Adrian Peterson goes to the Redskins. And... The Redskins don't have much either. So I, I feel bad for Adrian Peterson, but I do want to send out my congratulations for, again, tying Walter Payton for most uh, or fourth most rushing touchdowns of all time. Again, Adrian Peterson is a first battle Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson is a freaking nature. Adrian Peterson is great. Um, and, and should when we, look, when we just think of stats and we think of numbers, he has one of the great, he had one of the greatest careers. Um, a running back has ever had. It's just due to injury and non-winning is kind of what, what hampered him. Um, 
I don't want to talk about Jameis Winston. That look, Jameis Winston, it's crazy. It's like Jack on high, man. Jameis Winston can can go into a game and give you five touchdowns easily. Jameis Winston can also go into the game and give you three to four interceptions easily. Jameis Winston, it's like they were talking about his career, his um his career, his contract is 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 coming up. Do you renew him? You have to renew him because what else do the Bucks have? The but like Jameis Winston's ceiling is way too high to release him or, or try to get rid of him. But his 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 floor is so freaking low. <laughs> he can become the first player ever to have the most passing yards in a season, the most touchdowns in a season, and also have the most interceptions in a season. He can, I'll say he will. But he can become the first player to do that. I think he's first or second in um, receiving yards or, or passing yards. He is first, second in touchdowns and first in interceptions by a, a country mile. I think the next closest interception is like Baker Mayfield. I, I think that's incredible, man. That's, that's, that's incredible. Um, Last thing I'm gonna talk about for NFL, we have to we have to discuss Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, for the fifth time in his career, has been suspended uh, by the NFL. This time, it's substance abuse and PED use. Um, it's it's it gets exhausting. Um, it gets exhausting when you have all the faith in the world and you know you look at somebody and you know that they have all the talent in the world yet they let it wither away due to off the field or off the court issues like and and it's not injuries it's it's like you look at you look at someone like OJ Mayo OJ Mayo had all the talent in the world off the off court issues got him banned for from the NBA, Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon, talent-wise, is possibly a once-in-a-generation talent. Yet, his off-the-field issues continue to overlap—not overlap—continue to overshadow his talent. Josh Gordon. If Josh Gordon never got in trouble, if Josh Gordon never got suspended, Josh Gordon could go down as one of the greatest wide receivers ever. That's how talented Josh Gordon is. The problem is, it's too many off-the-field issues. And because of that, I don't know, man. I, I, I pray for Josh Gordon, of course, you know, uh, but, hey. Um, um. Let's go to college. Uh, as we know, Joe Burrow won the Heisman. We talked about that last podcast um, or last episode. He won the Heisman over Chase Young. Um, more than likely, he's going to go number one to the Bengals uh, in the NFL draft. If I were drafting, I would draft the best player. Um, yeah, of course, you have to go take into consideration your needs as a team. And, of course, the Bengals need a quarterback and Joe Burrow is the best quarterback available, but I, I don't know. I would draft the best player. Um, to me, Chase Young is the best player. 
and, and the Bengals also need defensive help. So, I, I don't know. I think more than likely Joe Burrow will be number one. But, again, if I was drafting, I would draft the best player and, and make it work from there. So, you know, like, like if the Lakers had the number one overall pick they and they had LeBron, they would still draft Zion because he's the best player. Do they need Zion? I don't think so because LeBron James plays the same position as Zion. But... I don't know. I do not know. Um, but yeah, shouts out to Joe Joe Burrow for winning the Heisman. Um, college basketball. Uh, Cole Anthony. Um, Cole Anthony has a partially torn meniscus, and he'll be out for four to six weeks. Um, UNC needs him desperately. There, they uh, UNC is unranked for the first time since 2014. That breaks their record. Um, just, uh, dang, Joe Burrow. I need, I mean, not Joe Burrow, uh, Cole Anthony, man. I'm a North Carolina fan, and this is a huge blow for North Carolina. You saw, because they turned around that night or the next night and lost to Warford, and they've been getting smacked by teams, like, left and right. So this, I mean, I don't see this team, I'm not, I'm not going to say turn it, because it's still early, and they have a lot of freshmen, but, you know, this, 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 this a lot. That's, that's a lot. Um, so... Again, prayers out for Cole Anthony. Uh, again, a partially torn meniscus will be out four to six weeks, or will be reevaluated in four to six weeks. I'll say that, um, and and it's gonna be a long year for North Carolina. I said that before, and I'm gonna say that again. Um, there wasn't really too much NBA news except for prayers go out for David Stern. David Stern is in serious condition um, after having an emergency brain uh, surgery. I think he, he had uh, like a brain hemorrhage or something like that. Um, of course, he got rushed to the hospital, emergency surgery. Right now, a report came out today actually saying that he is still in serious condition. Um, David Stern is the longtime face of the NBA, uh, commissioner-wise, and he, Adam, Adam Silver was, is his successor. So, um, again, prayers go out to David Stern, and, and I hope that he has a speedy recovery. Um, and, I mean, lastly... Last thing I'm going to talk about, I'm not even really going to talk about it. Anthony Rendon, MLB, Anthony Rendon went to the Angels. Uh, that's a big blow for the Nationals, for the Dodgers, for uh, any team, the Rangers, because he's from um, there. Houston, you know, he's from the Texas area. So he went there, and Anthony Bungarner went to the Diamondbacks. I'm not going to act like I know much about that, so... There you have it. This has been the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for listening. Um, please listen. Please watch on YouTube. Please like like the video, like the, the, the episode that you listen to, whatever platform you listen to. And please share, man. It would really mean the world to me if you share and subscribe. Please, If, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy it, if you like me, hey, uh, please share the podcast. Spread it. You know what I mean? Uh, again, this is the Unpopular Podcast. I thank you guys and I love you guys, especially people that's been rocking with me to hell. This is episode 75. And I'm not going to lie, I definitely thought I'd make it to 75. <laughs> people are like, oh man, I didn't think I'd make it. No. I thought I'd make it to 75, but I didn't think I'd love it as much as I do because I love this podcast thing. Um, stay tuned. I got a lot of big things in the works, uh, Lord willing. Um, new equipment, you know, new episode structure, stuff like that. So just stay tuned. Um, again, 
Unpopular Podcast. Thank you so much. Until next time, much love. Now